Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is November 17th, 2022. We continue our series, Chronicles of the Kingdom. This is Lesson 45, titled Kingdom Warfare. Now, last week's lesson, Kingdom Freedom, At the end, I said that that was going to be part one, and today would be part two of Kingdom Freedom. But I changed this title to Kingdom Warfare, as opposed to just a part two of Kingdom Freedom, because we're going to discuss the warfare that brings freedom. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So, the warfare that we are facing, the war for freedom, is happening in our minds. We win or lose freedom based upon the outcome of the war that's going on in the hearts and minds of people, or in your and my hearts, our minds. That's why in the scripture, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are spiritual, and they pull down strongholds. Now, what type of strongholds is it referring to? It's talking about the strongholds of our minds. Notice this is casting down arguments. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge. Knowledge is held in your mind. Bringing every thought captive. And then disobedience and obedience. These are things that are occurring in our minds. And our minds are caught in a war between darkness and the Spirit of God. And we can only win those struggles using spiritual weapons. Now, I often teach a lot that in the New Testament, well, in the Bible in general, your soul is not your spirit. The New Testament is really clear on that. Your soul and spirit are separate. The Word of God can separate your soul and spirit. They're not the same. So many times we think the soul is the spirit. It is not. The soul is your mind. Your soul is your mind. Your soul is what has your will. It has your emotions. It has, it has your imagination. It has um, all those things that we would categorize as a mental thought process. That's, that's all in the realm of the soul. I tell people all the time, if you close your eyes and think about the room you're sitting in, and you think about the distance between yourself and the wall or a door or a table, and you try to picture that in your mind, You don't run into the end of your skull. 
In other words, what you think in your mind is bigger than the size of your head. It, you, you, can, you can sometimes even feel in your head, in your mind, you can feel that distance and that space that's there. Um, that's not just imagination. That is the realm of the soul. And your mind contains a lot of power, a lot of willpower. There, there's, there's a lot of things in there. Um, but it also contains a lot of bondages, a lot of strongholds. And that no matter how much you think you can break a habit, you just can't seem to get rid of it. Um, you need a spiritual weapon to break down those strongholds. And that's exactly what the Lord has given us. He's given us weapons that we can pull down strongholds in our mind. And of course, the bad news is, is that many people in this world, they're deceived and they're trapped by their minds. They, they, they seek things of the flesh. When I say that, because when your mind is enslaved, then your flesh gets rain. It's called carnality. And many people, the, the, the devil, the kingdom of darkness, um, sin has trapped us into carnal thinking. And carnal thinking, that, that thinking of the flesh, is only after pleasing itself, pleasure. And, and, it, and it enslaves us. And of course, we talked about last week, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that, that's one of the weapons the Lord has given us that we can walk in freedom with because God has given us a strength, an inner strength that can overpower some of these things. And so as we go forward, we need to understand that when we look at the devil, we look at, you know, he's not just a figment of our imagination, but he only has power that we've relinquished to him. And when we do that, we in our minds will become enslaved. Now, the good news is that Jesus has completely defeated the devil, and he now lives in believers to destroy all the works of the enemy. And that brings me to questions that should probably be used in the introduction, but I'm using them here. And these are questions, they sound like this, is it possible that the word of God is true? And that good can overcome evil? Is it possible now that if Jesus is living in us that we now have the potential to completely bind all the enemy's power? Is it possible to bring forth the plan and will of God in our lives or on earth? Is it possible that the destruction of evil is now within our, our reach? Could it be that, that God is actually up to something? Can I really have righteousness, peace, and joy? You know, there's a multitudes of problems in the world. There are multitudes of evil men bent on destruction. There's great deception. There's all sorts of philosophies that seek fleshly pleasures that rule the lives of people all around the world. And sometimes it doesn't seem possible. To our natural minds, it seems impossible to overcome the growing darkness that is in this world. Just the other day, as I was, I wasn't driving. I was riding across war. As I was speaking uh, to our to our, one of our translators, as we were driving around war as Mexico, and we were talking about the corruption and evil 
that is in the world. And sometimes when you look at these giants, it because it seems like giants. He's this evil, such a giant to us. We said, is it is it really possible that God can do that? But you see, it's true. Victory awaits. Victory awaits us. It's waiting for men to have faith and believe in God, to actually believe in God's words. And that brings on the fact that, you know, everyone needs their, quote, day of the Lord. I know I just did a message about the day of the Lord, but in this context, I'm talking about we need a day of the Lord. We need a day that we encounter the Lord. When the reality of Jesus Christ breaks in, Paul had it on the road to Damascus. Moses had it at a burning bush. For me, I had it a freshman year in college when not alone in a dorm. The world needs to have an encounter with Jesus. Revelation 12:11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Now I know this is talking about they overcame the antichrist and things in context in Revelation, but I want us to look at the the power of this. We overcome the enemy. We overcome the devil, the kingdom of darkness. By the blood of the Lamb. That's Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. He paid for the price of sin. He broke the power of death. He destroyed the works of the enemy on the cross. So we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony is what? It is the encounter that we have had with the reality of meeting God. We've met God. I've met God. I've met Jesus. I had this experience that he's real. He's really done what he said he's done. His word is now real to me. And I I, I believe, I believe the work that was done on the cross. I believe what his blood has accomplished. And because of that, I can now overcome. Jesus has done all the work. I now have the testimony of meeting him. This brings freedom. I am now free because of this. I now live with Jesus. He's part of me. And Romans 14.8 says, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Now, what does that mean? It means that it doesn't matter whether we live a long life or we die young. Doesn't it, it, it doesn't matter what happens. We belong to the Lord's and we will always be with him. Not even death can separate us from the Lord. We will always be with him. We are free to fulfill the things that he has for us because life and death can't separate us from him. Now, I want to make things clear before we go any further because we're talking about having Jesus in our life listen you cannot add God as part of your life adding Jesus as part of your life doesn't bring freedom to you and to your world you have to wholly give yourself to the Lord if you want to find real purpose in life You must wholly, 
fully give yourself to the Lord. Jesus isn't part of your life. He is your life. And if you're just giving Jesus part of yourself, like, well, I'm going to make him a part of me. But what you're really saying is that you have other parts that do not belong to him. That they're not his. They're Those parts of your life is yours, not his. And so because of that, you, you're not free. You're still in bondage. You have to fully give yourself to him. Because you see, freedom and freedom in the kingdom begins within your heart and your mind. And as long as part of your heart, part of your mind is not given to Jesus, then you will always be in bondage. Because why the war that we fight is within our hearts and minds. And there are parts of our flesh that don't want to relinquish that control. And your mind stays deceived into thinking, I can do this myself. You'll never face freedom. You'll never find freedom and joy unless you fully commit your life to the Lord. That's why the the battle is won or lost in our hearts. And if you want to know what's in your heart, all you have to do is listen. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasure in his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure in his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, our mouths will tell us what we believe. If we live with unbelief, we will speak unbelief. If we live by faith, we will speak out faithful things. You know, the Bible says the just will live by faith. Well, the unjust will die with fear and unbelief. What is it that you're speaking forth? Mark 11, 23 through 24 says, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now I'm not here to talk about some name and claim it thing with speaking to mountains. But you will speak what you believe. It comes out. There are many people. There's one testimony I know of a friend that was witnessing uh, to someone that he worked with. He worked in a mall, and he was talking to someone at another store. And the the person had a spouse that had cancer, and he was like telling him, well, let's pray for her and stuff. And the man would shake his head and talk like he, he knew about Jesus. But whenever it came to let me pray for her, he'd say, yes, pray for her, but this is cancer. And every response when we would talk to him about the Lord was, yes, but this is cancer. You see, his mouth was speaking that but cancer is bigger than Jesus. But cancer is bigger than God. He had no faith, no belief that God was bigger than this. And I'm not saying that if you just say, oh, I just believe that things magically happen. That's not what I'm saying. But your mouth speaks forth our unbelief. And we're being told by Jesus when we pray, don't do that. You know, it's not about empty words. I can't, I can't lie 
but I have to, I have to speak forth what I believe. And if I don't believe, I need to do what a man in scripture did once was, was said, Lord, help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. That's what we need to do. We need to come before him in honesty. Because you see, the battle is won in our hearts and our minds. So if we allow our minds to be enslaved or controlled by thoughts of fear, unbelief, hatred, then we build up strongholds. And these must be pulled down with spiritual weapons. Now, how do strongholds develop? How do these things happen? Well, obviously the battles in our mind, then whatever we are seeing and hearing over time, what are we putting into us becomes part of our perception of reality. And we begin to believe those things and we begin to act and react in accordance to this perception of reality. And these actions and reactions that begin to change and affect our world. In other words, the words that you say and listen to affect your faith. They affect your mind and your heart. There are two sources of input that get to our mind and our hearts. What are these inputs? Well, one input is your natural senses. You have five senses. You know, you, you can see and you can hear and you can smell, you can taste, you can touch, you know. But specifically, your eyes and ears is a source of input physically. Physical words, physical things that you see. Another source of input is your spiritual senses. And we talk about having spiritual eyes, spiritual ears. And your spiritual eyes and ears are not physical. That you're not seeing physical things, you're not hearing physical things. It's something that you you begin to perceive things spiritually. You can hear things spiritually. Now I'm not trying to be mystical or get into some type of mysticism. But this is why we preach the gospel. 1 Corinthians one twenty one, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now, the reality is it is the death of Jesus on the cross, the shed blood of Jesus, that saves us from our sin. And yet, it's the preaching that also saves. No, the preaching doesn't. We were freed by the blood of Jesus, by the sacrifice. But that that can't be applied to us unless we can hear it. We need to hear the message to believe in it so that we can obtain what's already there. So it has to be preached. And, and for it to be preached, it, it is spoken. I know I'm trying to boil down something that's really simple, make it a little complex. I'm not trying to do that. But we, we, we need to boil this down and understand that when someone preaches, and I feel like I'm teaching here on a podcast, but it, it's a type of preaching. But when you're hearing the proclamation 
That's what preaching is, the proclamation of the Word of God. You're hearing with your natural senses, with your natural ears. If you're reading the Bible, you're reading with your natural eyes. But there's also spiritual words being conveyed in the Spirit. When you read the Bible, there's something spiritually there. And if you can see it, then that, that, that gets into your spirit the same way. And it transforms you. It transforms you. It helps to set you free. That's why God intends us to, to, to speak forth his word. That's why every word you say has meaning, life and death how we communicate our thoughts. I'm not the best public speaker, but I also understand that it's the Spirit of God in the words that does the work. What you hear matters. I'm not one to say throw out your TVs, don't watch movies, turn off your radios. I'm not that type of person. I believe and like technology. But I'm also one to say you should be careful about what you watch and what you listen to. I love music. I'm a musician. I've got instruments all over my house. You know, I started off as a trombone player and really later in life found out my true love was stringed instruments. And I love music. I love learning things. But not all music is good. Not all words you hear are good. And sometimes you need to learn what to filter because I don't want my heart and my mind to input something that's going to cause unbelief and fear and hatred. I have to be my own filter. I have to make these decisions. Every communicated word, thought, or feeling has its origin either in truth of God or in lies of the enemy. And we have been taking in thoughts communication, hidden words, words, excuse me, stories, communications. Ever since we're a child, we've been inputting this stuff from the world into our minds. And it becomes a storehouse that forms our belief systems and how it's going to affect our lives and destinies as people. No matter how much I want to do what the Lord wants, I put a lot of garbage in me. And so have you. So how do we get free? How do we experience freedom? Well, we got to fight the good fight of warfare. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We need to be transformed. Our minds must be renewed. Ephesians 4, 21 through 23. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yes, we must be renewed, transformed in our mind. And that comes from hearing the word of God, and having the Spirit of Jesus cleanse us. That's why it's important to read a Bible. We need the Word of God. He renews our thinking processes. He transforms our minds. That's why the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's spiritual. And we have to pull down 
those thoughts that are disobedient to Christ and make them conform. That's what the conforming is. When you're conforming, something doesn't fit right, so you're going to make it fit. I need to conform my thinking from disobedience to obedience to Christ. I must take every thought captive for Christ. If it's not something that Christ wants me to do or think, I need to grab that and take that thought captive and tell those thoughts you must be conformed to what Jesus wants. Colossians 3.10 says, And you have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. In other words, when we talk about renewed in knowledge, as I read and learn and grow with the word of God, I am becoming that. I want to become the image of what God has said I am created to be. And I must put on that new man that he's made me to be. All of us have old lives. All of us have things in our past that we regret and we wish we hadn't done. Praise Jesus that he loves us and he saves us. And I read in his word and you know what? He's forgiven that. He's transformed me and he's given me a new life. And that's the life I want to grasp. That's the life I want to grab onto. I need to spiritually input these new images, words, feelings that the Spirit of God is calling me to be, and I need to put those in my minds. I need to receive from the Word, and I need to believe it. And this will destroy old ways of thinking. You know, spiritual gifts such as uh, prophecy, having a dream from the Lord, you know, those, those are vital to receive things from the Spirit. You know, a prophetic word can plant a picture and a feeling from God into our life that will help bring us into conformity to what God wants us to be. In the same way, evil words, evil pictures, those things will want us to conform to what the enemy, to what darkness wants you to be. And we must deny those things, strike them down, Because God's spirit is within us and he's telling us to be transformed, to take those things and tell them to be obedient to Christ. See, there are choices that lead to freedom. It's up to us individually to choose what we are going to see in here. Our choices is going to determine some of our destiny. Because those choices will result in our actions. Those actions form where you're going in this world, where you're going in this life, what's your destiny. Freedom or bondage is a choice that we make at every level. What we look and listen to. Feelings and thoughts that we allow in our hearts and minds. This is freedom or bondage we're talking about. And I know this can sometimes sound a little goofy because we're just talking about, you know, what I I can just mentally decide. I'm going to listen. Jesus has done all the work on the cross. You need to choose to believe it or not. You need to choose to follow him or not. 
You know, the enemy, he only needs to deceive one person at a time to deceive the majority of the world. He only needs to deceive you in little things to keep you in bondage. God knows what's going on. Romans 13, 11 says, And do this knowing that the time that now is the high time to awake out of sleep, that now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. That was one of the verses I, I used in the Kingdom Awakening message a few weeks ago. But it's the high time. This is high time for us to wake up and realize that now, now is the moment that God is telling us to wake up, to choose to believe Him. To not allow the enemy to keep you in bondage, but that we can wake up, believe his word, receive his joy, his strength, and walk into the freedom that he has for us. We need to feed on the word of God. That's why it's so important to have yourself a daily quiet time. There's a difference between reading and studying the word of God. Study is good, but just reading, just reading the word. You don't even have to understand it. Just having it there and inputting it into you. It does something to you. It transforms your thinking. It transforms, it brings freedom to you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you want us to walk in freedom. You want us to walk in fullness of joy, God. You you, you have a plan and a purpose. You have a destiny for all of us, God. You didn't make us by mistakes, God. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that those who would hear this message would choose to begin to input more of you to believe what it is you're saying, God. That they would not allow the enemy to put strongholds in their minds that they would no longer be bound to to crazy thinking, God, but, Lord, that you'd bring freedom there, God, that they would be transformed and renewed in their minds, Lord, that they would begin to seek you out, God, that they would no longer input bad things, God, Lord, that they're they're trapped in bad lyrics, God, from music, that they're trapped in, in bad images and pornography, God, or death, God, that you would free them from those things, God, that they would begin to look, to the good things, the pure things that you have, God, that you would begin to bring freedom and joy and fullness to them. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us all things that we need, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, God, that you are in us and with us, God. Lord, I thank you that you never leave us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the series Chronicles of the Kingdom. And I thank you for listening to me today. And you might hear it in my voice. I'm a little stuffy in my nose. And it's the change of weather. Cold weather has moved into my area. And it's gone from hot desert climate to cold, put on a coat weather. And like all of you, I'm sure you're getting ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holidays and craziness is coming. But please, take moment, take time. Think about your Savior. Spend some time with Him in the Word and in prayer. Enjoy the holiday season. Enjoy the goodness that He brings. If if you're struggling, begin to praise Him and know that He's with you and that He will see you through difficult situations. 
You can continue to check out this series on our website, www.christianimpact.net. And until next time, God bless. Oh.